Thank you for tuning in to an extra special Centerpoint podcast on leadership from our Lead Well Nights. The whole goal of these nights and messages is for everyone to grow in their leadership, whether your leadership is at home, in the office, with parenting, a team, at school, at church, or in the community. We hope these talks grow you and grow your team. Enjoy. Thank you, everybody, for coming tonight. Um, uh, as Aaron said, I'm Aaron. Or as uh, when everybody asks me, A.A. Ron, it's easier than they know how to spell it. Um, welcome. I see some friends out there, some community members that I know. And um, tonight, we'll just dig right into it. Um, I'm fortunate that I, I know many of you. Um, some call friends, and I think we'll all be friends as we go through the night. But it, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I met Aaron when he first came to Fond du Lac, came down and sat out in North Fond du Lac, and we had some good conversations. Also, really excited that his wife, Sydney, is one of our second grade teachers, and she's a great addition to our school district. So I've been able to know Aaron when he came here and know his family a little bit more, and um, really intrigued about, about uh, the worship here in the church, and uh, kind of excited. He asked me three months ago, about two months ago, two or three months ago, about a Sunday night, and I'm like, Dude, just make sure it's past the Super Bowl, then maybe we can make a Sunday night work, right? But this is a perfect time. So, all right, so we'll dig right into it. So he had asked me about a positive culture and uh, tonight about a couple things. So the first thing I want to do is I'm going to tell you two different stories, all right? And they're going to be about forgive and belief and share and rise together. Because when we look at a culture the way I look at it, like the school district North Fond du Lac, we're one of two growing school districts since 2000 in this area. That's us in Oakfield. Um, we're actually closed for open enrollment. We have a lot of people coming in. Um, we've, uh, and the reason it is is two things. The people we have in our district, our staff, and our culture. Um, academically, we're good. We need to continue to get better, but we really invest in the social emotional well-being. We know that when you take care of not only the child as a person and the family, because we serve families too, and one of the neatest things that I've learned is, is if you help families be successful, their kids are successful. And another thing, just before I get into my two stories is, I don't know if kids really know the impact they have on their parents. When you have a kid and your child comes home, they feel well-adjusted, they feel that what they're doing is, is good, they feel that they're successful even if they're not learning at maybe the pace they should. Parenting is a lot easier because you start to have pride, you start to feel better about your child. And it's amazing how people don't really understand the power children have over parents. Because their experience in school has a huge impact on how parents feel about themselves and how they feel about their parenting and about them in general. So really, we're, we're conscious about that, and we try, because there's always something good you can find out about children. There's always something good that you can find about people, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into this. So the first one is, is a story. Um, there's two stories, and the first one goes this way. So it was um, uh, December, and uh, I have my CDL. I drive bus. There's a bus driver shortage, so we need people to drive specifically during the day and when the other bus drivers are out. So I drove... Our, uh, about 15 kids, it was our criminal justice class along with our library aide to Kettle Marine Prison. At Kettle Marine Prison there was three people, three inmates, and they told a story. And then they broke off and they told us a little more and we could sit and talk in the library media aide, which was my sister ironically, so I took my sister to prison. Thought I'd like to tell my mom uh, and her. So we went, so her and I got to talk to this gentleman, Har, uh, the, you can go right here, Harlan Schwartz. Now many of you probably don't know who Harlan Schwartz is, okay? Um, so Harlan Schwartz told this story. So if you go to the next one really quick, is uh, the first thing is I want you to do before I get into the story is the best predictor of the future, now don't answer out loud, is what? I don't want to hear anything. It's a rhetorical question. But the best predictor of the future is what? 
After I met Harlan this past December, it changed. So Harlan, who was like many of us, he was a very successful Minnesota, uh, graduated in the mid-1990s, or mid had a girlfriend, a family, upper middle class, was an all-state wrestler, went to college. When he was in college, he met, he had friends from high school, and you all know that when you have friends in high school, some go a different path, but once a friend, always a friend. Well, one of his friends in high school, after he had graduated and he got a job as a teacher around the city's area, the, tw the Twin Cities, his friend got out of prison, came back, and he took him in, and he was working with him. Well, lo and behold, his friend was part of a gang. And his friend, uh, some things were going on, and this, uh, this, the gang leader was going to prison, or he had a trial. So what happened was is this, this gang leader called his friend, and then also Harlan said, here's the deal. You're going to go do a firebomb, Molotov cocktail, of the DA in Superior, because that's where I'm going to be put on trial, and we got to intimidate them. And he's like, there's no way. Well, at that time, he, they knew his parents. They knew his girlfriend's name. They knew all that stuff. They knew his wrestler's name, and he, they threatened to hurt, to kill them, all that stuff. So he thought, I have to do this. So he drove the car, and they went, and they threw a firebomb. It went in the garage, it went on the garage, nothing really happened, but they did it. Well, he calls back again, says, you got to do better. So they drove back again a few months later, a few weeks later, excuse me, did it again. Well, lo and behold, they got and they caught him. He never threw the firebomb, but his friend did. They got him, and what they did is they went to prison. So he, in 2000, got sentenced. Now, this was in truth and sentencing. That's another thing that's kind of unique about this uh, situation is, Back when he got sentenced, there was no parole. What you got sentenced for is what you got sentenced for. So he got sentenced for 37 years in prison. And he was like, I, when he was telling the story, he was me. He was me. He was like any of us. Got into a situation, didn't know what to do, thought that he had nothing else he could do except for follow because he was trying to protect people. So he goes to prison. And he, he was, uh, as I'm talking to him now, he, since 2000 he was in prison. So we are talking, so he's been in for 21 years. 16 years left, he's trying to get it overturned. Um, really a positive guy, and as we were talking, um, he said, and he completed, if you go to the next, next slide, he said, the best predictor of your future is your current actions. Now, what I always heard was the best predictor of my future, anybody else's future, is the past, right? Because how they behaved is a predictor of how you're going to behave. How things happen is a predictor of how things are going to happen. What really hooked with me right there is, I would always give, when we talk about culture, we talk about people, and we talk about, be it your, your children, be it the, a coworker, be it somebody maybe that you manage, you're in charge of, a lot of times I would see myself thinking, what did they do in the past? And I'd already be prepared for them to disappoint me. I'd already be prepared for them to be defensive. I'd already be prepared for what they were gonna do because I always thought a predictor of the future is your past. And then, lo and behold, Aaron Sadoff, 50 years old, I don't know if anybody else is around that age and has something called a midlife crisis. If this is my midlife crisis, that means I'm hitting 100, which isn't bad, I'll take that. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, my best predictor, I always thought was where I came from and what I built on. But learning from Harlan and how he got himself through prison, and as I reflect about the culture that I'm able to help cultivate and help protect, I think about my family, I think about, you know, our kids make mistakes. We all make mistakes. And really it's about forgiving ourselves and other people and giving people an opportunity to continually grow and get better. Now, don't be, I'm not saying don't be Pollyannish and you're gonna have people who are gonna continually 
try to manipulate systems and things. But for the most part, when somebody truly believes that you're investing in them because of their current actions, and you believe that their current actions can lead to something great, that's freeing. That's really freeing, not only for that person that you're working with or that you're supporting or that's in your family. Think about, I think about with my wife, too. I think about, I don't know if you guys have had perfect marriages, but ours was perfect for about four or five months out of the past 25 years, I think, right? But I think about the things about, you know, what are you doing now? And how many times have we said, well, I know how it happened the other time, or I know what happened before. So the first message about, uh, that I wanted to share with you is something that I just learned a little more, and I kind of molded it a little bit different to help me understand a little better about what I can do in order to empower people. And here's the other kicker. It's that eight inches between your ears. If you give people a chance, and you're kind to people, and you give a people an opportunity, they're never going to disappoint you. I have never been disappointed by anybody when I've invested in them. Low be it, it might take about eight, nine, ten years, you know, when you look at kids and you look at life, but when you really care about somebody and you really continually give them opportunities and judge them based on their current actions, and yourself too, you're able then to create an environment where people around you can, do, can be successful. So that's my first one. The best predictor, here you got, so repeat after me, the best predictor of the future is your current actions. That's free. And then think about if you really believe that in other people, then things start to change. So that was the, the first one. Now, do we stop and have questions here, or do we keep moving on? All right, so let's go to the next story then. Um, so keep going one more. This is a, a I want to take you back to 2016 Rio, okay? Rio de Janeiro men's high jump. The gold medal is run by a gentleman in Canada. The silver medal is run by, won by a guy named Essa I will just call him Essa, I, I butchered the last name. Essa, he's from Qatar, okay? So, and then there's a gentleman by the name of Giomarco from Italy. He got, his, he blew his knee out and he couldn't, he, he was injured in 2016 in the high jump. Now let's fast forward to 2020, to the Tokyo Olympics. There's this thing called COVID, it never happened. And these ultra athletes, that's what they do. They gear up, they train, they do all these things to get there. Well, that didn't happen. Fast forward a year, the Tokyo Olympics happened again. They finally did happen, not again, but they finally happened. Now let's talk about high jump. So Essa, the gentleman from Qatar, he was, he was part, of this, part of the high jump along with this guy, Giamarco from Italy. Both of them great friends. A lot of these people that do all these ultra events, they actually work together regardless of the country they're from. Like I think one of our best bobsledders is actually a Canadian, but they're from the United States if anybody watched any bobsled. Um, but it's really interesting how closely and how great friends these two gentlemen were. So what happened was is they were competing in the high jump, and they got to, let's say, 2.47 meters, which is like almost eight feet, okay? And in high jump, how it works is you get three attempts at each height. Well, these gentlemen cleared the first time at every height all the way up to 2.47 meters. Then they raised it. it. These are the only two left, going for the gold, another... I don't know, inch or two or centimeters or whatever it is. They all missed it. Both of them missed it on three. So the tiebreaker normally is how do you, you know, where you're at and how many misses that you had. They all are the same. So then they go in and they're talking about the gold medal. So then the next thing that the judges are talking, say, okay, we're going to do a jump off. We have to figure out what height we're going to start at. Essa from Cutter looks at the, uh, the judge and says, can we share it? 
And the judge says, well, nobody's really asked me. Let me check. He goes, yeah. Yeah, you can share it. Here was his best friend who blew out his knee in 2016, worked all the way back. They were disappointed they didn't get an opportunity to jump in 2020 because of COVID. They were perfect. They were like two centimeters, three centimeters from the Olympic record. And at that point in time, the gentleman from Cutter asked, can we share it? And this is the reaction when they found out that they were both going to share the gold medal. Now, the, the thing is, is this. Two things here. Please never accept what's there. Always ask a question. If he would have never asked that question, can we share it? They wouldn't have gone down that road because you don't do that. And we learned in this world, everybody goes through till eight, eight, you're 18, 19 years old, survival of the fittest. You want to climb that corporate ladder. Only one winner, right? But they ask that question because when you ask questions, things can change. You know? And that's even in a culture, in a family, in a church, in a business. It doesn't always have to be. And sometimes if you just ask the question, it's a question nobody else ever asked before. Think about that. Can we share this gold medal? Nobody ever asked that before. The last time the research that I saw that it happened was like 1912. And really what this then also did is it really reinforced this whole idea of success is not based on another's failure. Like in our school district, we co-op with the Springs in wrestling. Uh, we co-op with uh, Oakfield in, uh, in cross country and also in soccer. We co-op co with, uh, who else? Uh, it's like Laconian soccer. The St. Mary Springs uses our facility all the time for their plays and that. We, there is no secret. The better Fond du Lac School District, Oakfield, St. Mary Springs, WLA, the better they all are, the better we are. Because life isn't a zero-sum game. And when you invest in others, things go through the roof. Our potential is like right here. Has anybody ever heard of a bike racer, right? You've probably seen people like, there's this thing called a Peloton, right? You have a Peloton, when you're in the Peloton, you go faster, you go farther, and you use less energy. When you're out by yourself, it's harder. But when you invest in others, the sky doesn't become the floor, it becomes a limit. And what this story reel showed to me when you look at a culture and you create a culture, it's not about cutthroat, it's about investing in each other. And the more successful you are, the better off I am. That, that, that really hits home huge for me. So really the two stories um, that I want to share with you about I think what are at the core of our culture in North Fond du Lac, and I think about my life and family and friend culture is, you know, first off, you know, the best predictor of anybody's future is what you're doing right now. That's, that, that means forgiveness. That means letting things go. That means supporting people you normally might not. And then the second part, and also expecting more out of people. Just because they achieved something in the past doesn't mean you got to stop because it's right now, what's going on right now. And the second part is, you will never, ever be disappointed when you invest in other people. Ask those questions, and your success is not based on somebody else's failure.